stuff. Welcome to episode number 25 of Good Stuff Sports. I'm your host, Mike Mason. This is the show where we get to know the folks in and around sports that we love or sports that we want to learn a little bit more about. And on today's episode, I talked to Esther Forrester, and this one's all about tennis. If you've ever played tennis, then you know that sound when the when the racket hits the ball that I can't even do it. I'm not even going to do an impression because I, I would not do it justice, but like... What about that smell when you open a fresh can of tennis balls? It's the coolest. And I love talking to Esther all about her program, Brainiac Tennis, and just tennis in general. It's a great game. I know a lot of you are feeling trapped at home. Trapped is a, uh, I use that word loosely because we're not really trapped. Like we can go out and go for walks, but maybe, uh, maybe some family tennis. I think, I think it's appropriate. Here is Esther Forrester from Brainiac Tennis. It is a great day to welcome my new buddy, Esther Forrester, to the Good Stuff Kids and Good Stuff Sports podcast. Esther, how are you today? Pretty good, thank you. All right. So do these words mean anything to you? Love, set, match, forehand, backhand, drop shot, or deuce. Do these words mean anything to you? I think so. Yeah? I think they all are connected to the sport of tennis. Oh, and interesting. So I'm so glad that we're talking. You know about tennis, don't you? A little bit. A few things. <laughs> a few I may things. know. So you've been playing tennis for a really long time, and we have a lot to talk about. Um, and just our time together, I've already learned some, some things about you. So you grew up playing tennis. How old were you when you started playing tennis? You know, I got like a late start. Like I played like a little bit, like as a little kid, I may have done like a few lessons at my grandparents' pool club, but I started like more at 12 or 13 doing like serious lessons and investing time and then competitive match play. Nice. So would you, and and we should just say, we'll just put it all out there and then we'll kind of backtrack. So you played tennis growing up. You played tennis very well growing up. You played tennis well enough to play at a division one college. And then tennis has continued to be a part in your life. And something we're going to get to is your program called Brainiac Tennis. And we're going to get to all that, but we got to set the scene first. So would you say based on your experience, and, and I guess this is what you know from your own playing time as well, as teaching kids, is there an age that is appropriate to start for starting to play, or does it really not matter? There is no right answer, and there is no one answer to that question, because the reality is it varies depending on a kid's like emotional development, their cognitive development, their physical development. One thing I really noticed, though, is that kids who have been in organized classes before will do better with an organized tennis class big surprise like if you've only been in like a play-based nursery or you've only been in daycare it could be challenging to deal with structured play but then again there are some kids who just so badly want to play tennis that they're going to do it um but generally like you could start with like a shorter time period like maybe 10 minutes 20 minutes 30 minutes you start from that and then you build on that you know like if you're three years old it may be hard to last the whole hour on the court. But there is no right age, but 
it is easier, I would say, to start with lessons. Not, and I'm not just advertising for myself because I think it's hard to unlearn bad habits. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, so, okay. So youth tennis, there's like a spectrum to youth tennis. Like there's a spectrum to anything. There's kids like I'll use my daughter, for example, who just discovered the sport and, and loves to run and, and you know, is like having a, having a tough time getting the racket on the ball. But that comes with time and a hand, hand-eye coordination. Um, and there are some kids who are like a lot more advanced. Um, have you worked with kids of all levels, like kids who may be, you know, enter- I, and I apologize, I don't know like what the, the youth tournament structure is, but have you worked with kids of all those different kinds of skill levels? Yep, absolutely. Hmm. And I, I know when you reached out to me via email, you, you had some 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 clarification that you wanted to make for, for us, the listener who may be interested in getting their kids involved in tennis is, um, that, that I guess like the, the easiest way to say it is I'll just kind of read what you wrote to me and, and that the, in youth tennis and the creation of the 10 and 10 and under tennis system, there's different equipment, different court sizes and other advancement sorts of things. It, it, there's a system that they totally changed the game for, for kids. I just want your thoughts on that. Well, the thing is that it's earned advancement means, first of all, I'll clarify that if a kid's just playing for fun or they're practicing with a coach, they're free to play on a full court. But if you want to compete and earn points to get like a ranking and, you know, to get yourself trophies, there's a system of earned advancement where you start, you're welcome to start competing at age seven. That's the youngest they'll let you compete in USTA, United States Tennis Association tournament. And it starts with the red ball and it's eight and under and the court is smaller. It's a 36 foot court and they use these red balls which are lower compression. That's where it starts. After red ball, in ten and under, you advance into an orange ball, which is still lower compression, but they're the same size as tennis balls, whereas red balls are bigger. And the point is that the balls don't travel as fast, and they don't go as far. So they want it to be, plus a smaller court is supposed to make it easier for kids to play. After you go from Red Bull, you go into Orange, and there are two two tiers of Orange. Then you can go into Green Dot, and then after that, you can advance into full court Yellow Bull Tennis for 12 and unders. But anyone who is still in the 10 and under system must advance through the different levels, and you have to play tournaments and get stars or trophies to advance from one to the next. So it involves a lot of play if you're eager to do full court. The other regulation is that the rackets cannot be more than a certain size. And a lot of players, you know, who are able and are quick to learn, really, some people think it holds them back because they have to dumb down their level of play to keep the ball in the shorter court. And also they cannot hit at full power with the low compression ball. Do you follow? I totally follow, yeah. So like what are- That is the controversy. 
And I'm going to say this, but a lot of people feel that advancing through the levels, it's just a way to get people to compete more. And for the USDA to thus earn more money. Um, not to say that that's proven, but it is, that is where the controversy lies. Got it. Got it. So have you, you've worked with, have you worked with kids that were sort of in that system, but were like way beyond the The thing level? is I did work with kids and with one girl, the thing was that she, they also have a thing junior team tennis where they use, you know, the shorter courts and the lower compression balls and in the season for junior team tennis, like she was playing with her regular racket, which was 27 inches, which is almost the equivalent of an adult. And she was nine years old at the time, but she hit with a lot of power. And then when there was the playoffs, they told her, you're going to have to hit with a 25 inch racket. So two inches shorter than her normal racket. And, you know, then of course you don't have as much reach. You don't have as much extension. You don't have as much power. Plus, you're not used to it. And, of course, I think it affected, like, her mindset, you know, being like, oh, no, you know, this new racket or whatever. And I just feel that, like, people want to play in a manner that they're comfortable. And changing that up and mandating that they use equipment that may be too small for them is, you know, not so comfortable. Like, what if you just tell someone you've got to wear shoes that are a size small? Right. Or you've got in a uniform that's, you know, a size too small. And I don't see it, like, differently at all. Right. Uh, that makes that makes sense. So there's definitely some, some drawbacks to the system. Um, so you grew up playing tennis. I'm guessing you went through this system yourself. You... I did not go through the system. Oh. I started at, like, 12 or 13. Oh, so okay, I, okay. So you were, you were beyond the point, right? Right. And I basically, I did like some lessons and junior tournament training. And then I played on the high school team. And then I decided I want to challenge myself even more. So I went into the tournament system when I was like in high school. And then I was like, I want to challenge even more and play at the highest level. And it was tough. So I never played any 10 and under stuff. Okay. Then. Got it. Got it. So w when you are working with kids, like tennis is a really individual game, right? So I'm, 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 sure. I'm going to see if this, this can, this makes sense. So tennis is a really individual game. And when you're working with kids, it's skills, right? It's forehand, backhand, serve, overhead sure. smash, right? Like all of those things. How can you keep kids interested and i know that this is something that's important to you so how do you keep kids interested while also making sure that they're getting these fundamentals you know a lot of it is in having like a motivational set to the lesson and like sometimes it helps if there's like some kind of story like every time they hit the ball it's a letter and you're trying to finish a word or Every time they hit the ball and they start up at the net and they keep moving back, it's like graduation and they move up a grade in school. And there's like a whole story to that. So sometimes there's like a storyline to the game. And other times, some kids are motivated by there being some kind of competition. 
um, you know, like if they get to rally against each other, that just feels more real to them. They used to think it was crazy, but it's true. The kids sometimes need to feel like that they're striving towards some kind of goal. The said goal being winning. Right. Because that's what can keep kids interested versus just practicing a skill over and over again. Um, we have like these things like targets. Sometimes you put up targets and if they get a target, there's some kind of a prize. And sometimes I make the prize that they get to give me a double dare at the end where they get to <laughs> ask me to do something silly, stupid, crazy, as long as it doesn't involve money or anything that's against the law is what I tell them. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. It's good to have boundaries. <laughs> it's good to have boundaries. Yeah, some sure. boundaries. Because <laughs> some kids are so excessive. I'll buy the building over there if they're really wealthy. <laughs> Well, that's that gets expensive. Um, so, so the name of your uh, of your, I guess, business or company is is Brainiac Tennis. So, yes. tell me, like, what what does that name mean? There's got to be a story to why you choose Brainiac for. I think because it's all about learning smart tennis, and it's all about learning how to strategize and being match ready, even at a young age. And that's why, because there has to be, like I said, some kind of an application and learning how to outsmart the competition. And also, you know, my distinct selling point of the company is that, you know, kids will get feeds that mock, you know, what match play is. Because when you go in a match, it's not like someone just feeds the ball right to you and you get to just take your best swing at it. And we do drills that approximate match play well huh okay that's that's great to know so ten you know you look at a tennis player and they're generally like ripped right like muscles galore shape galore what is the most important sort of and i know that this is maybe this isn't even like a good question or a fair question but is there like is there like a physical attribute that that can set tennis players apart or is it different for every person i don't know because every Partly your legs and partly your shoulders, I would have to guess. In general, tennis players look good. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, it helps if you're... In general, if you have good shoulders, then that helps your serving. But if you have good legs or good endurance, you need to use your legs when moving into the serve. You have to use your legs from getting one to one ball to the next. Um, even in your ground strokes, the whole rotation of your body factors in. So you're right. developing a lot of muscles in your body. Right. Um, okay. So I think that, uh, and this just shows like sort of where my tennis knowledge drops off. But I think that Serena is Serena Williams is the greatest women's tennis player of all time. So unfortunately, that's where my knowledge ends. Right. Like I, I, I'm, I know like Steffi Graf. I know like a whole bunch of people up to the point of the last few years. So if I were a young tennis fan, who are the people that I should be watching that are really uh, just playing amazing tennis that should be on my radar that I should be watching? I mean, I really like, um, there's a player, Danielle Collins. I really like her and she started from like nothing and she played like on public courts. Because her family couldn't afford it and her parents mowed lawns 
and now she's done very well and she's on the tour. So I mean, I personally, she's a favorite. Huh. But right. I mean, there's tons of players and Spitalina and, um, you know, Sharapova's attempting a comeback. Um, Kim Kleisters, who played a while back and then took time off to have kids, is actually going to attempt a comeback. So there are many people to watch um, out there. Nice. Okay. So that that's a good a good starting point. Um, so where where should we be geographically if we wanted to uh, to to check out Brainiac Tennis? Um, you can be in the New York State metropolitan area, the New York City metropolitan area, and I am peripatetic, so I can come anywhere that there's a court if people feel that they would benefit from my level of expertise. Great. Um, so, so Esther, what's the best way to to keep up with you? Like website or the uh, website is brainiactennis.com. Okay. They could also check out the Facebook page, which is actually called Elf Tennis, which was the former name of it. <laughs> That's Facebook, and Elf Tennis one on Instagram. Um, I guess you could always they could email brainiactennis at gmail dot com as well. And I will say, I will say, Esther is an excellent emailer. So that is a good way to reach her. Email is good. Yes. They e- <laughs> emailing is good. They get email me. Great. Um, well, Esther, thank you for uh, taking some time to talk to me about Brainiac Tennis and, and the work that you do. And if I, uh, if I, you know, I told you a little bit where my game was lacking in the backhand and in the serve. Uh, do you have any quick tips for me over the <laughs> over the yeah. phone? I haven't seen you play, so I can't okay. completely make a diagnosis. But with the serve, toss is everything. And your toss is probably off. Because if you don't have a good toss that's in front of you and two feet above your head, it's difficult for you to fully swing with the serve and maximize your power. With backhands, the rotation of the body is huh. everything. But okay. if you want, you can send me like footage or a, like a quick, you know, video of you playing, and then I could send over some tips too. Okay, and then we'll put it on America's Funniest Videos because I will be so embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Esther. Oh, I'm sure it's not that bad. <laughs> well, it's been a while. Um, Esther, thank you so much, and uh, it was awesome to talk to you. You too. All right. Um, Have a good one. All right. Massive thanks to Esther. Check out Brainiac Tennis. Get out there and rally, folks. Rally. Work on your backhand. Work on your forehand. Work on your volleys. Work on your overhead smashes. It's fun. It's fun. Talk to you all very, very soon. Stuff.